This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising podcast with Kevin Daggett and Lee Vowell and produced by the great Rob Steele of Coil Entertainment. I'm Lee. Kevin, how are you? Doing pretty good, man. Coming off the coming off IR here pretty soon, so <laughs> good. Somebody's got to take the place of KJ, right? That's right. That's you. So, uh, yeah, the, the Seahawks uh, played the really banged up 49ers team that didn't even look anything close to what they were expected to to begin the season. We knew that going into the game, but they were putrid because I feel like Seattle could have done even better. Um, but they won 43 to 16. It was 20 to three at half. Wasn't that 20 to nothing at one point? Uh, Janikowski missed a couple of extra points, but um, 20 to three at halftime. It was funny because uh, I was watching it with my uh, girlfriend and her family. And Russell Wilson had those three touchdown passes in the first half. And uh, I, I said, guess how many t- passes he's thrown in this first half? And they were like, eh, maybe 20, 25. I was like, six. He's thrown six passes in the first half. And three of them were for touchdowns. So what are your first kind of takeaways from the walloping that Seattle gave San Francisco on Sunday? Yeah, I it was a pretty good performance. I, I do, like I said last week, I, I've... I don't know why I feel this, but I do feel a little bit sorry for San Francisco and kind of what they've gone through this year. I mean, Shanahan on the sideline looked like he just wanted to punch somebody in the throat the whole game, and and you know the Seahawks they could have they could have laid an egg. You know, that's it was a good opportunity to to uh, play a team that's not not very good this year, and and you know they could have come out and just just laid an egg, but they came out and played a pretty solid game. Um, you know, it's uh, uh, it, they could have won by a lot more, I'm sure. But um, hey, I'm I'm happy with it. They played well as a team. I would have uh, I was hoping for the defense to uh, you know make two or three scores, kind of with the way things were going. But um, pretty impressive 98 yard return by uh, Bobby Wagner. Jeez, he probably had an off game. Yeah, probably hasn't run a hundred yard dash since since high school. But geez, yeah. <laughs> 
I know. Hey, what was up with Kyle Shanahan getting up? He got upset. You mentioned him being upset on the sidelines, but he was upset at Russell Wilson throwing a shoe or something. What, did yeah, you? I didn't. I didn't catch that. I I didn't. I saw something about that, but I didn't really pay much attention to it. But I was like, do we live in a uh, Middle Eastern country now, where people are throwing shoes? What's up with that? So hey, it was um, shoe day. You know, maybe they would maybe <laughs> just give him. Hey, here's my. Here's my shoe cause here. Donate it to the whatever. <laughs> he did. Shanahan did. He did mouth off to the ref a couple yeah. times and got a flag. But uh, yeah, he yeah. was. He was a ga- gasket was loose that whole game. Yeah, I mean, maybe he just had, he felt like he had to th- show emotion because the team was getting beat so badly. But they weren't the players that he really expected to be out there. So, you know, I don't really know what he could have expected. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Bobby Wagner. He had a what a sack, uh, twelve tackles, forced fumble, that interception return for ninety eight yards. You mentioned that run. I thought just as impressive on that run was Frank Clark was right behind him, you know, yep. running down the field the whole time. And it was funny how you know, Nick Mullins is. I'm not. I don't know anything about him as an athlete. He had a he had a lot of yards thrown thrown in that game. A lot of them came in the second half when garbage time really, but. He, it was funny just watching him run down the sidelines because I thought, oh, Mullins could go, and he's just gliding by Mullins. It wasn't even like he's not even yeah. going to come close. Although it would have been, he just took a hard right there at the end and off yeah. the field. It was. It's funny because you know Frank Clark was right there. If Mullins would have came close, if if Clark would have done anything to Mullins, like if he'd put a hand on him, you know they were going to throw a flag. Like oh, even yeah. if he just tried to do anything, because that's the day and age we live in the NFL at this point. But yeah, Bobby Wagner was just a beast. I mean, it was almost, I, I kind of mentioned this in an article earlier this week where it was like, maybe he got upset that Luke Keekley actually outplayed him against the Panthers, even though Seattle won. It felt like Keekley was the better linebacker of the two during the Panthers-Seahawks game. But it was just like he got upset and uh, personally affronted by that and, and just took it upon himself to just, I mean, some of the tackles, he, they were Bobby Wagner-esque tackles. I mean, he was pummeling people. It yeah. was like that the whole game. Um but, uh, you know, there were, there were some negatives to take away from the game. One, first of all, you know, Nick Mullins, he threw for 400 yards. I know a lot of it's garbage time, but the 49ers were missing a whole bunch of receivers except for Dante Pettis, who's the next coming of Jerry Rice, obviously. But even with even in garbage time, they really shouldn't have been giving up that many yards to Nick Mullins with that banged-up receiving Corey. Should they have? Yeah, they shouldn't. And that's, you know, that's still the... Uh, you know they're growing up. That defensive backfield, they're growing up. It's 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 you know it's going to happen. And they're they're real still really young. And you know I'm not sure there's there's a lot of good leadership there yet. But um, you know let's let's hope they don't give it up this weekend. But um, yeah, I agree. They they don't they they can't be giving up that many that many yards. They're they're they got to play better than that with that against a team like that. Yeah, and, and of course, a week after not getting any quarterback hits or one, I think on Cam Newton, they had defensive line had fifteen against Nick Mullins, six of them from Jaron Reed, um, and he had a sack. Uh, you know, they keep tweeting out. I'm sure we both see it. Everybody sees it. As far as uh, Seahawks can, if you retweet this, it's a vote for the Pro Bowl. I don't see any Pro Bowl votes though, like in baseball. You know, where you can actually keep tabs on who's being voted in. Wow. I haven't really seen that with NFL. But it's Jaron Reed's, you know, oh, retweet. The Seahawks said something. Retweet if you want Jaron Reed to get the Pro Bowl. We've said this before, but Jaron Reed is an absolute no-brainer Pro Bowler this year, is he not? 
Yeah, there's. I think there's a few of them. I mean, Jaron Reed, Wagner's putting up a good, putting on a good show. I mean, you know, McDougal's playing it well. I don't know if he's quite Pro Bowl, but he's he's doing a pretty good job for what he got thrown into. And um, you know, Carson, Russell Wilson certainly is getting better. At the, I've, I've been critical of him uh, beginning of the year, and, and uh, but he's definitely playing better and. But I think there's a few pro bowlers on this team this year. You mentioned Wilson because I think we've both been critical because of those two pick sixes earlier in the season. But now he has 29 touchdown passes and five interceptions. It's like you look at the raw stats and it's like this guy's having an incredible year. Even though, and, and I agree, I think he's playing better as the season goes on. I think it was terrible to begin with, but he wasn't always Russell Wilson, especially those first two games. It was, yeah, I, it was almost like those first two season pregames sorry, first two season games were almost like preseason games because they were still trying to figure themselves out. And it was like, you really wish you could have those two games back because they're winning one of them. And at that yeah. point, they'd be eight and four, which is kind of funny because that's exactly what they were last year at this time, eight and four. But I don't know how you are, but I feel like there's a lot more optimism to finish off the season. They have a lot more home games, uh, three of the last four are at home. But it just feels like it's almost like a 180 because – Last year, they had already lost Chancellor and Sherman, and you knew even at eight and four, they were just kind of playing out the string. And this year, it's like they're seven and five, but I have a lot more hope on how the season's going to finish off. I may be completely wrong, but I'm going to have a lot more hope. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I feel the exact same way. I have a lot. I, they're, you know, they've done it over the past couple of years. They played better in the second half of the season. And it's not like they just had one good game. They're they're playing better as a team, and I think everybody out there wants to be out there. They're they're Seahawks, and they're committed to this franchise, you know. And until they go to another franchise, um, but I, they're playing well. I mean, the the line. I'm I'm a little concerned about this uh, Fluker injury because that guy that is a big man, and he fills a big hole in that offensive line and I don't you know hamstrings can be they basically ruined Edgar Martinez's career um you know yeah he got a hamstring injury and never really was the same again but um those hamstrings can be can be tricky so hopefully it's not too serious and and um we've got somebody that can that can fill his shoes and uh you know the rest of the guys can come around him and and double things up I don't that that's a little concerning to me yeah, and me too. And I think Jordan Simmons is the guy who's going to – and he played well. And what was the game that Fluker missed? Was it the Cowboys game? I can't remember. But Simmons played pretty well. Um, but, you know, and Fluker is like he he's not the greatest. But he, like you said, he, he eats up a lot of space, but he also brings a mentality that they don't have otherwise, really, because he wants to maul you, and that's what the Seahawks really want to do and how they used to be when they were going to back-to-back <coughs> Super Bowls. You know, they were – they were that team. They were that bully kind of team, and I feel like he brought that mentality back. And and uh, hopefully he's not out too long. And if they're lucky enough to get to the playoffs, you know they have two two really tough games. They have the Vikings this week, and then they have the Chiefs, and the penultimate game of the season, or at least the regular season. Hopefully not the season um, that that they have to win. And they have to win at least one of those. I think they can win the other other couple of games and go three and one the rest of the way. But it'd be nice to go four and zero. Oh. You know, and have eleven wins instead of ten, 
But you know, one one thing they do they uh, before we get into who they're getting back this week. What do you think about Richard Sherman and and his play against the Seahawks? It, it was almost like he kept you know just like when he was with Seattle and and well, you and I are both at the Titans game uh, last year when he uh, just kept mouthing off, and it seems like because he was doing that, some of the calls went against Seattle. And I'm not saying that was the case, but officials are human too. But you know, he had that. It was that call against uh, that you know, Russell Wilson got hit in the head, and Sherman was—you could see it on TV—standing there and complaining about something. Hopefully, it wasn't that. And then the next couple of calls went went against the 49ers. At some point, you know, Richard Sherman, love him or hate him, has to kind of shut his mouth, right? <laughs> yeah, that I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, it—you uh, would think that he that he'd pipe down a little bit. But I mean, every time they show him on the sidelines, he's just jabbing. I mean, or talking. He's not. He, the guy didn't shut up for nothing. But I, he wasn't even really a factor in the game. I mean, just uh, didn't really throw much at him. But he just—he really wasn't a factor. And you know, I don't know how when your team's two and eight going into against your old team. I don't know how you can you can mouth off, you know, <laughs> too much about it. And now you're the, the two and Niners, um, but uh, <laughs> two and Niners. what do you think about yeah. the little uh, touchdown celebration where they did the little tip? I thought that was awesome. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a defining moment in this franchise. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a huge deal. And, and, um, I, th- I think it was awesome. A little, a little tribute to Richard Sherman. And it was. I saw somebody, somebody said it was, you know, a knock on him. Well, how, how can mm-hmm. that be a knock on him? What what's what is negative about that play? There ain't one thing that's negative unless you're a 49ers fan about that play. I mean, no, right, exactly, yeah. Uh, and plus, it was Doug Baldwin who was a Stanford teammate of Sherman. Maybe they're friends off the field, for all I know. But it yeah, was, they, yeah, they got the same chip on their shoulders. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a tribute to Sherman too. I didn't think, it, I mean, they didn't score on Sherman and then do it. You know, they scored on whoever else was on the field with Sherman because. Their secondary just sucked. I mean, when you have three touchdown passes and four completions in the first half, you're not doing something right, obviously, which right. is what Russell Wilson did against the 49ers. But, of course, uh, Seahawks do get Michael Kendricks back. Um, you know, let's let's say, uh, put it out there. If, if Kendricks, and I, I like KJ Wright a lot, and always have because I think he's a good team guy and I think he's a good player, but if Michael Kendricks doesn't get any jail time, which he may not, his sentencing is in January, and K.J. Wright's played, what, three games this year? Probably will only play. I don't think he's going to be back. Kendrick's coming back is just like getting K.J. Wright back to me fully healthy. Would you re-sign Kendrick's over Wright? And how excited are you to have Kendrick's back at all? I'm very excited to have Kendrick's back. I, that guy's awesome. And he's going to be well-rested and not beat up. And hopefully he's been in the gym and, and uh, you know, staying in shape. But I like that guy. He hits hard. And he is, he is a, you know, equivalent to a kj right and you know nothing against kj i love the guy he's he's done a lot for this team but he's he's been a bit injury prone and you know if you got kendricks who's healthy and you know again i don't <laughs> i don't know how much loyalty there is in this business anymore but um if kendricks if kendricks finishes out the season strong and we make it into the playoffs and he performs well there what are you going to do? Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he already had what he had two sacks in the three games he's played with the Seahawks. So he puts pressure on the quarterback, which is exactly what they need from somebody else other consistently, at least other than Frank Clark and Reed. 
Um, so looking at the playoff standings right now, of course, we all know that Seahawks still have a lot of work to do, um, but they do have three of the last four at home, and they have two of them. One, of them, one game is against the 49ers. The other one's against the Cardinals, who won over the Packers. How, Packers just suck at this point. Um, the Seahawks they should win. Dude, what them. happened? I don't yeah. even know what happened to that deal, man. That's like, what? Jordy, was Jordy Nelson that important? I mean, <laughs> uh, it makes you want, uh, I, I don't, I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers, well, he didn't get along with McCarthy, as it seems like. But that one pass, you know, on third and two, when they were playing the Seahawks, where he basically threw it to the ground, it was almost like, hmm, what's going on here? Yeah. So maybe that was not Aaron. That was not Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But um, yeah, if you're looking at the playoff standings in, in the AFC, of course, the the division leaders at this point are the Chiefs, Patriots, Texans, and Steelers, and the wild card, the Chargers, who I wouldn't want to play if I was in the playoffs. No. And then the the Ravens, who are seven and five, and then the Dolphins are somehow six and six, which is crazy. And then the Colts, Broncos, Titans are all six and six. There's a bunch of mediocre teams. Same thing with the NFC, really, but not as much. The division leaders in the NFC you have the the Rams, of course, the Saints. Who I, I don't I don't know if any games are fixed in the NFL. I'm not saying they are, but that Saints uh, Cowboys game was a little bit strange. Um, and then the Bears and Cowboys, of course, the the Vikings, who the Seahawks play, are a game and a half back of the Bears, and they want to win their division. Um, a game and a half with four left. It's a little bit tricky. And then the Cowboys are seven and five. And then you have the Seahawks and Vikings who would both be in the playoffs at this point. Of course, one of them is going to lose on Monday. Hopefully, hopefully it won't be a tie. And one of them is going to lose on, on Monday. And then, you know, that's going to change the playoff picture. But the Panthers and the Redskins and the Eagles are all six and six. I have no fears of the Redskins at this point because everybody's hurt. Um, the Eagles have a decent chance of winning their division after it seemed like they were just dead in the water. And then the Panthers, the Seahawks have a game up on them really because they won the head to head. And then after that, you've got a bunch of nobodies. So the Seahawks are, are in really good position for the playoffs. They just have to, even if they lose on Monday, um, you know, there's still, they still have a good chance to make the playoffs if they win those other three games. So it's not a must win game on Monday to me, but they have to win at least, like I said, one of the Vikings, or the Chiefs, they have to win one of those games. Yeah, um, it's a, it's a, it's a. It'd probably be better if you won this game, win one of those situations. Right. It's not not a must win, but it'd be it'd be easier to win this one than the Chiefs, even though the Chiefs don't have a their their good running back anymore. So that's right. Yeah, thankfully. Um, but uh, I did like Terry Bradshaw's comments on uh, Sunday before the game, uh, before the first game, and he said, "If I was commissioner of the league, the guy would never play in, in uh, another down in the NFL." And I was like, "Well, good for you, Terry. Good for you saying that because I agree." Yeah, I do too. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So the uh, I don't. I mean, the players are you know, when they this stuff happens. Obviously, they're doing something wrong. They shouldn't be hurting somebody else anyway. But you have you're just an idiot at this point because you have to be aware somebody's probably filming this as I'm an NFL player. Somebody's gonna see this. I'm surprised it took nine months for it to come out, but eventually it was gonna come out either way. You just well, shouldn't do it. That's the thing too, is that somebody knew it was out there, and I'll guarantee you somebody on that team or somebody in the NFL knew that that videotape was out there, but they're like, Oh, yeah, we'll just maybe it won't come up and we won't worry about it. Once you be proactive and and stand up for you know domestic violence or whatever it is and 
take a take a stand on something instead of it's all it's all about the money. But you know, you wonder why you're losing fans, and and you know, not that um, you know you you uh, you you bust a guy's balls for for uh, kneeling for the national anthem, but you uh, or, in, which, or insider trading. Yeah, or insider trading, but you let some guy that you know has got a videotape out there play three quarters of the season. Really? Okay, yeah, you guys are ethical. And how does the NFL allow Ruben Foster to be signed so quickly after being released? That's the other thing I don't understand. How does the team sign him? I mean, that. God, yeah. what a bunch of idiots. I some, some NFL guy on the... On, Twitter said, if the Redskins somehow signed Kareem Hunt, they should just put the whole franchise into a cannon and shoot them to the moon. Yeah. Because I, Daniel I, Snyder, Daniel yeah. Snyder in the nose cone. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm glad I'm not a Redskins fan. We mentioned that last week, but it's just, it's unbelievable that they did that to me. Um, so with the Seahawks, of course, they play the Vikings on Monday. Um, Biggest concerns for me, at least one of the biggest concerns, is the Seattle secondary, which we've already talked about, against Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. Um, Kirk Cousins, of course, he, he's not the greatest quarterback ever, but he goes in with the confidence that he brought in the Redskins, speaking of the Redskins, brought in the Redskins last year into Seattle, and they beat Seattle in a game they shouldn't have won, and, and so Kirk Cousins knows he can win at CenturyLink. Besides the passing game, you have any uh, bigger concerns or big concerns about the game? Not really. Just other than to see how Simmons does it, filling in for Fluker. That's you know, and I and I I really think Russell. I wish Russell Wilson was a little more mobile than he than he has been this year. Like yeah, it seems it seems like when the pressure gets put on him, he 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 seems to just lay down more often than he has in the past, and not doing a lot of running around. But you know, I think he may. He may have to run for his life a little more this week, but yeah, that uh, that secondary might be an issue this week. Hopefully, they uh, um, you know they rotate some guys in and out, and they can can contain him. But yeah, Stephon Diggs is a beast, and Thielen. I mean, there's and and Cousins a hell of a lot better quarterback than Nick Mullins, that's for sure. Right, so, exactly, with better receivers. And I'm not a huge Kirk Cousins fan, but he's a better quarterback <laughs> for yep. sure. Well, and maybe it'll help. You know, they get Kendricks back, and they maybe do some things with the at least trying to get some pressure on Cousins. That they have to do that. They can't just let them sit back there, and they have to, they have to stop the run first, obviously. And Minnesota really hasn't been running the ball nearly as much this year as they did last year, and it seems to be confusing the Vikings fans, from what I understand too. So I'm not sure what's going on there. And the Vikings have a good run defense, but in the last three games they've given up an average of 130 yards per game in the last three weeks so that that bodes well for seattle um i think the patriots had 160 yards but even besides them they're still giving up those rushing yards seattle wants to establish the run against everybody they play and they've basically been able to do that they didn't do it so much against the panthers but i think they they back they just showed the run enough to allow russell to have time to to be russell um and they may do the same thing this week too but um, so that that's a good trend. Hopefully that'll continue. That was an interesting stat that uh, that NFL matchup on ESPN um, tweeted out today. Russell Wilson's uh, quarterback rating against the Blitz this year, so please blitz him, Minnesota, is uh, one thirty two, which is by far the highest in the league. It's it basically just play Wilson straight up, which is what they should do, 
and then you know have maybe a guy just there so he doesn't run, try to run wild. You mentioned he wasn't running enough. I'm wondering if that Schottenheimer. I feel like he's been running a little bit more the last few weeks, at least scrambling out like he did that bootleg in the Panthers game, to pick up that first down. So, right. um, it makes you wonder how good again how how big that Panthers win was because they've fallen off the face of the earth. What they've lost like four games, four straight yeah, games. Yeah, four. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, to the Buccaneers too. I know. Well, it's yeah. So, what, what do you think Seattle should do offensively? You think they should continue with the same thing they've been doing? Hopefully, not three straight runs to begin the game like they did against uh, last week. Which I'm not sure why they did that. It's like, oh, you know, we, we can come out and throw against the Forty ers We're going to do three straight runs and then punt. It's, it's like, what? What are you doing? So, hopefully, they'll yep. mix it up a little bit better. You have any faith that they actually will? I I, I don't know. I mean, Schottenheimer. I- I tell you what, uh, Ken Norton Jr. has done a good job with that defense, mixing things up a lot. I mean, f- for years where well, we just pretty much ran a straight up man defense, but you know he's putting a little more stunts and things in. But Schottenheimer seems to be a little more conservative on the on the offense. Um, but if we can establish the run, and you know we got fast receivers, Minnesota's got a pretty good secondary. But um, you know I think we got fast receivers, and I, I tell you what, that that. Um, um, who's that guy we picked up from uh, uh, the Cardinals? Um, oh, Jaron Brown. Yeah, <laughs> that guy's that guy's pretty good. I mean, I, yeah, you got Baldwin. I don't know if Baldwin's a hundred percent or eighty-five percent, but whatever he is, I'll take it. Lockett's getting open. I mean, I don't know how Lockett gets so I guess he's just so fast, but he yeah. he just seems to be. He's uh, Wilson can't even throw it that far. He's <laughs> <laughs> having to come back for it. Yeah, I know. It was uh, yeah. It seems like he has what almost three quarters of the season. He has a big play in the game. Does does Tyler Lockett, including you know last week too? Yeah, he's just. I think he's just so quick, and I think he's realized he's, he's after coming back from the injury. I think he has learned the wide receiver position even better, and he's learned to be a good route runner as as well as using his quickness. So, so he's gonna be expensive to keep too. Lock it. Yep. Well, they, they time. locked him up, though. Yeah. This past but off still. Season. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, so uh, I know Rob has a question for us, but before we get to that, uh, Kevin, who do you think wins and why? I think the Seahawks are going to win. I think I said uh, 27-17. I just think that they're on a roll. It's <laughs> at home. Um, it's a it's – a, uh, uh, almost must win game and that they're going to want to win this game and not have to worry about a must win situation against the chiefs when that comes. So, um, I got the, I got the Hawks winning this one. And I always feel like I'm jinxing them when I pick them to win. So I have Minnesota 93 to two at the half. Um, so, uh, Rob, yes. What is, what, what is your question? Well, actually it kind of has to do with that game, uh, against the Vikings on Monday. Because uh, they announced they're wearing their all green uniforms for this game. Yeah. Uh, now, action green. I, I got to admit, I don't mind it as a highlight color. You know, if you outline the numbers so everyone can actually read them instead of the blue on blue that a lot of teams use or whatever. But the all green uniforms, and this could just be me, do they not look like glow in the dark pajamas? <laughs> I mean, they, they do. Yeah, when they. When they, when they played the Rams, they looked like highlighters running around there, green and yellow highlighters running around exactly. last year or whatever it was. 
I mean, there's something about a burly linebacker wearing something that looks like it should be worn by my fifth grade daughter at a slumber party that just doesn't look right in my mind. (laughs) It's NFL's choice. They have to do it once a season, I think, and they make money off somehow off people buying those action green uniforms. I mean, I don't I don't really care for them, but um, I don't know. What's their record wearing them? (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's what I was just thinking. I was like, I wonder what they, I was trying to think, they won last year, right? I want to say, so, I don't remember. Yeah, we'll have to look that up. That's, that's a good question. So, gosh, well, that that's our show. It hurts my um, TV, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to check your Yeah, you gotta, TV. you gotta change it from, from vibrant to standard <laughs> or uh, dim. <laughs> some other. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> Get some burning like on dim, the dim wits that came up with those uniforms. That's <laughs> Roger Goodell's idea, I'm sure. Um, yeah. so, but anyway, that's our show. As always, Kevin has the last two words. Go Hawks! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.